Welcome to the podcast. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. If you listen closely, you can hear my son playing drums two floors below me. I'm upstairs in the guest room on my ironing board table studio, which is the studio is basically a computer laptop and a microphone that sits on an ironing board. He's downstairs playing his drums, uh, and you can probably hear that, maybe. Of course, he stops the moment that I say listen to it. Uh, it is the gratitude edition of the podcast because uh, it's Thanksgiving week. So we're going to talk about gratitude a little bit. The first thing I looked up was a definition of gratitude on dictionary.com. The quality or feeling of being grateful or thankful. Okay, no real surprises there. But this is interesting. I think that you need to make sure you express gratitude because you can be very thankful that your mom and dad were great parents. But if you don't thank them, then it kind of gets lost a little bit. And uh, I think in a world where people just don't express gratitude the way that they should, the way that we all should, um, it's, it's, it's a very nice thing. I think that you've done things for people and I've done things for people where they're very thankful and they express it. And it really makes you feel good. It's like, wow, I really appreciate that. Fallon came to me maybe a month or so. She didn't come to me. She was on the phone. In the, uh, I was in the car, and she called me. And I forget what sparked the phone call, but she was very grateful for what I've done to help her out in her career. And, and not just in her career, but in her life, too, because, you know, I've lived a lot longer than Fallon. <clears throat> and I know, like they say in the farmer's commercial, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. And I thought that was really nice. And I hung up the phone with a big smile on my face because I think we all love to hear that gratitude. Um, here's something uh, we were talking about last week on the show. We said, OK, on the big thank you, not only who would you thank, but have you done something for someone lately or any time in the last year or whatever amount of time that somebody owes you a big thank you. And you're not looking for one. You'd love one. But my point was, have you done something for someone that they should appreciate it? Again, don't miss my point. My point is not, hey, I want to thank you. It's have you done something nice enough for someone? Have you done something big? Have you helped somebody move? Have you mentored somebody? Have you, I don't know, uh, helped uh, a neighbor with something? Maybe you helped somebody, um, uh, I don't know, they're, they were on vacation and they needed somebody to watch their dog or whatever. Have you been a big enough part of somebody's life that they would say, you know what? I owe her a big thank you. And if you haven't, you know what? Maybe something to be mindful of. Instead of thinking about what we can get from other people, uh, sometimes it's good to think, hey, you know what? There's somebody that needs help. What can I do to help them out? So we're going to talk about gratitude just for a little bit. Then I got a funny story. Not a funny story, but I'll tell you a story. So in the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything, chapter number six is called Thank Your Parents. And I'm going to read this to you. It's one of my favorite chapters. Appreciate your parents. They're not as la they're not around as long as you wish they would be. My mom and I were pretty close when I was growing up. By pretty close, I mean I was a complete mama's boy. She spoiled me rotten, and I considered her one of my best friends, right behind my cigarette and booze-providing buddy, Scott. Now, my dad and I weren't close when I was a kid, mostly because he was the old-fashioned sort, and, uh, and he was strict. And I was a little asshole, which is true. I can count on one hand the number of times that he spanked me. But if he'd done it once a day, I would tell you today I would have deserved it. Dad was my Boy Scout leader, taught me how to shoot a gun, and made me help butcher chickens every 4th of July when all other Americans were splashing around in a lake and having a picnic. 
Growing up with a dad who made me work was a giant pain in the ass, and I completely hated it. I spent countless hours avoiding my dad by playing Kiss records in my room, hoping he wouldn't come find me. I swear I could hear the sound of his cowboy boots approaching my door, even over the sound of Detroit Rock City. The door would open without a knock. My cue to turn that noise down, as he would say. I've got a whole lot of wood up on the hill for you to cut up. My dad didn't mean that I could do it sometime next week or after I was done watching the Dukes of Hazard. No, he meant now. I suppose he'd allow some time for me to put on my shoes and maybe hit the bathroom first. But other than that, he meant now. I swear he'd come up with meaningless work just so I wouldn't get in the habit of sitting around too much. If he found me watching TV, he'd send me out to the hill behind our house to pick up sticks to use as kindling for the fireplace. This was a totally unnecessary job because we already had a seven-story stack of kindling. (laughs) And if I wanted to go fishing with my buddies, he made me do some mundane chore first. Sure, you can go, but there's a whole garden that needs weeding first, he would say. When I was 20 years old, I moved my own apartment, and it was bliss. No more wood splitting, chicken plucking, or weed pulling Saturdays for me. No more answering to the old man. I remember he was a little sad when I put my last load of stuff into the car and told him goodbye, but I didn't care. I was free. Over the next 20 years, I noticed something. A lot of people are lazy. They do just enough work to keep them from getting fired. The whole work ethic thing that Dad taught me started to pay off. While a lot of my coworkers muttered things like, well, they don't pay me enough to do that, or that's not my job, people came to me to get things done because they knew that I'd probably do it. Not only that, but I was pretty likely to do it right the first time. Uh, Mark Twain once said that when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. Hey, it's the same way with my dad and me. All the work and responsibility that I hated as a kid prepared me to succeed in life. Before I got a chance to thank my mom for spoiling me rotten, she slowly got dementia, and by the time I realized I wanted to thank her, she barely knew who I was. I hope somehow she knew how much I loved her and appreciated all she had done for me. About a month before my dad died, I thanked him for all the things that he had taught me and for all the time that he spent with me when I was a kid. Dad was a man of few words. You're welcome, was all I got out of him, but that was enough. And I'm glad I got to say it. Hey, this is a story about a boy and his dad and a boy and his mom. But hey, listen, if you are um, a woman and this this can relate to your mom or your dad, or maybe you grew up with just a single parent, or maybe you grew up with your grandparents, hey, when you get a chance, thank them and make it sincere. And um, maybe write down, if you're not a good talker, maybe, maybe you're not somebody who's, you know, really good with talking about things like that, write it down and give it to them. Uh, and don't wait too long because, you know, you never know when you're going to run out of chances. So uh, gratitude. And it's Thanksgiving week. And we all like to think about things we're thankful about. So um, not just be thankful for them, but express the gratitude for having these things or learning these lessons or the things that people did for you. Okay, so I'm looking in the email. Uh, you can send any email to me. I read every email to um, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Uh, here is, let me see, the first email that I want to do is from Margaret. And she says, Hey, Dave, listening to the Dave Ryan in the Morning Show podcast this week, and I heard you say a phrase that I've never heard before. The phrase is, It's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. I had to do a double take and rewind the podcast to make sure I heard it correctly. And frankly, I had to Google it and make sure it was a common phrase and something you didn't just make up. 
as a 27-year-old, by the way, we have the same birthday, October 24th, I have not used or even heard of some of these words of wisdom quotes that you may use in your daily life. I know you incorporate phrases like the one above into your show and your book and the podcast too. You should do a podcast on these words of wisdom praises for the listeners. Keep up the podcast. I really enjoy listening. I'm not sure whether Maggie is talking about uh, this podcast or the morning show's podcast, um, but either one, Maggie, I really appreciate that. When I heard that phrase probably 20, 25 years ago um, from somebody who worked at an ad agency and her boss used to say things like this. Her boss once said, it's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. He also had another one that she repeated to me. And he said, it was somebody, somebody was screwing something up. And he said something like, that's done with all the elegance of a monkey fucking a football. And to me, that cracked me up because you think of how clumsy it would be to watch a monkey try to fuck a football. And sometimes you look around at the people that are, uh, I don't know, that are working for you or working with you, and you go, wow, that is pretty messed up. Done with the, all the elegance of a monkey fucking a football. Uh, my book is full of little phrases like that. You know, don't play with fire or you're going to get burnt, was one my mom always used to say. Um, uh, my dad would always say, you, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. I mean, there's a lot of little pithy little sayings like that that have a lot of um, a, a, a lot of meaning. I mean, everything from, uh, here's a simple one, every cloud has a silver lining. Well, that's such a cliche. But if you think about it, we talked about this on our show last week. What would be good about, I don't know, getting into a fender bender? What is there anything good about it? Well, of course, the answer is no. There's nothing good about getting into a fender bender. I know that. But in the words of Anthony Robbins, if there was something good about it, what would it be? If there was, what would it be? And his point was, well, if you are optimistic enough and positive enough, you can find something good in almost anything. Let's say we got into a fender bender. You and I got into a fender bender. Hey, we never got a chance to meet before. Now we get a chance to meet. Or you know what? It's about time I trade this car in anyway. I'm not going to get it fixed. I'm just going to get a new car. Or hey, maybe, um, I don't know, when we get into a fender bender, you and I become fast friends. I don't know. Not likely, but I don't know. I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Okay, next one. This is uh, a little bit different. I won't spend a lot of time on this one because it's something kind of specific. She says, hi, Dave. I love your morning show. I listen religiously, and now I love that I can also podcast. listen to your podcast too. I'm emailing to ask if you could discuss your marathon experience on the podcast. I'm 27. I want to run the Twin Cities Marathon next fall. I have never been a running enthusiast, but I do run, work out, and live a healthy life. I want to challenge myself with a marathon, and I'm feeling the, if not now, when pressure. Here are my questions, and I'll get to these in just a couple seconds. If you're not into the marathon thing, listen, fast forward through this part of the podcast, and we'll pick it up after this. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on this one, but it is something that's interesting to me, and I'm by no means an expert runner. I've done four marathons, which is four more than most people have done, but I mean, there are people who do four a year, and I'm not fast, but I can help her out a little bit. She says, um, by the way, her name is, uh, what is her name? Katie, Katie Paulson. Uh, Katie says, uh, what did your training plan look like? Um, it starts off slowly with low mileage about five days a week, like three miles and then five miles and then three miles and then two miles. And then you build up. Um, you can find marathon training plans online. 
all over the place. And you can do it for hardcore or entry level. So just Google marathon training program. And uh, by the end of your training, you're going to be running 20 miles once a week. But that only goes a week or two. And then the last week before your marathon, they call it the taper period, where you're only running about two miles every other day or so because you're trying to save your strength. Um, But I was never a great runner, so the training was helpful. But I didn't have to stick to it perfectly because I was not going to, I just wanted to finish. I want to finish, you know, on both feet and not in the, uh, the bus that picks you up if you blow it. Uh, how early did you start your training? I think most marathon courses do 16 weeks out, but there there's probably shorter ones, but I again, look at online and see. And then of course, back out of the marathon date, Twin Cities Marathon is October 10th. I want to say, um, so just back out whatever it is in there. How difficult was the whole process and what specifically was challenging? Um, okay. Uh, it was difficult and, uh, there, especially the longer runs and the fact that you have to make time. And that's the problem is I did it when Carson was young and Allison was still living at home. And it is a very selfish pursuit because, you know, I was gone when I would run my long runs, I'd be gone for four hours at a time and I'd be gone almost every day. And I trained outside and I did some inside, but most of it I did outside. Um, I had some problems. I had bursitis in my hip, and I also got a hairline fracture on my pelvis that um, if you feel right above your uh, groin area, there's um, your pelvis joins together right there in front. I had a hairline fracture right on that little part where your pelvis joins together. It never bothered me, but the doctor saw it, and he's like, yeah, you better take it easy after this marathon. So um, the, was it difficult? Yes. Was it rewarding? Yes. I mean, I did it four times, so I loved it. I don't do it anymore because it's just it's just such a time suck. It really is. Um, specifically, what was challenging? Finding the time and sticking to your program as well as you could. But it was. I mean, it's a great. It was a great experience. So there you go. Send an email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. We also have a phone number. We talked about this a couple of times and and uh, honestly had a little bit of a technical problem. I have not been able to download the email or the voicemails this week, but I got a couple of them. Um, so you can call and leave a voicemail that might show up on the podcast. 612-405-9359. 612 9359 Okay, so uh, on to lighter stuff. Um, I was um, given a birdhouse and a little bird feeder thing um, from Stephen Fallon for my birthday a month ago because I have a bird feeder outside my kitchen window and they give me a hard time about it because I'll take pictures of these birds and it's like, I'm not a big bird enthusiast. I can identify maybe, I don't know, 10 different birds by sight. I know the difference between a hairy woodpecker and a downy woodpecker, which I think I'm pretty cool for knowing that. So today, here's the nerdy thing that I did. I set up my GoPro on a tripod next to the bird feeder to get pictures and video. And of course, you know, they all, I I got like one or two pictures and I was uh, operating at mad um, 
remotely from my phone, taking pictures remotely with my GoPro. So that was kind of cool. I think I'll put one of my pictures up on um, the Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Oh, I got to update that. If you go there, I appreciate it. I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to update it as soon as the podcast is recorded tonight. And I've talked to people on the radio about this before where they'll go out somewhere and a friend will come over to join them and they'll take over the conversation. And if they're more outgoing, now they own the conversation. It's like, no, wait, this happened to my wife and I, we went to a uh, sushi place a month or so ago. We sat up at the sushi bar and I started talking to the sushi chef and it was a really interesting conversation, but he totally left my wife out and he talked to me for about 45 minutes. And my wife was so pissed. She was like, that was our time. That was our time. That was my lunch with my husband and he ruined it. Somebody else told me they stopped going to a restaurant because it was like a little Asian place where it's like a family owned one. The mom would come out of the kitchen and sit down at the table with people when they would come in and she would sit there as they ate. And, and this friend of mine said, I had to stop going because every time I went in there, she would ruin the experience. Um, we used to go to a place, a um, couple of restaurants. I won't name them because, you know, they're nice people. And, and that's the, the big thing is normally they're really nice people. Um, but we had to stop going to a couple of them because the manager would come over and talk and talk and talk. And I would even let the conversation die, hoping they'd go, well, you guys have a good meal. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Nope. They would then stand there awkwardly. As I ate and my wife ate and my kid ate. And then they'd try to find something else to talk about. So what's the lesson here? Oh, I mean, you get it already. I don't even have to tell you what the lesson is. Don't do that. Nobody wants to. If, if I see you and your partner out at a restaurant and I come over and I say hi to you, I'm gone in two minutes. You are on your time with your friend, with your partner, with your kid. It's not my time. So to anybody who's done that before, please don't do it. I know maybe you think you're just being really friendly and I know maybe you're really glad to see me. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't be glad to see me? Am I right? But just don't. Hey, that's it. Thank you. I want to express my gratitude to you for listening to this podcast. If I've met you before one time or I've met you a million times or I've never met you before, I, I just want to say thank you for just opening up this podcast. I appreciate that, especially if you got all the way to the end of it. We're 20 minutes into this podcast and I appreciate you listening to it. Hey, listen, I would love to hear from you. Uh, voicemail 612-405-9359. Email to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Uh, also, um, the Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. Hey, be grateful. I hope you have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Whenever you listen to this, if you listen to it in May, I still hope you have a great week. Uh, you take care and we'll see you next week on the podcast.